Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. Today on the show, we've got Ghostbusters. Uh, we've seen an advanced screening here in Australia, so uh, we're hoping to get this podcast out as soon as possible for you guys to enjoy. If you haven't seen the film, just be aware, spoilers from this point on. Uh, Lloyd, we both saw it in 2D, didn't we? Um, but you saw it in a special screening. Yeah, the only way for me to get the earliest screening of this, and they had a special event at Hoyt's, and it was for a ladies' night specifically, like girls' night out, and they gave this whole package of, um, uh, I think, a Clio magazine or something like that, like some sort of glamour magazine, and I guess some makeup in a box, like it was waiting for you in your seat. Um, I, I had to take a friend. Shout out to Sam, um, Samantha. Thank you so much for coming out with me. I was the only guy in the cinema so uh, a room uh, a whole cinema packed full of ladies and they were cheering throughout the whole movie so I really got the Ghostbusters experience fantastic well mine uh, 7pm session was like village members screening so uh, everyone there was given a heads up via email although when I got there it seemed like it was just for sale to the general public as well uh, so I got just a kind of real mixed bag of an audience that Laughed sometimes and not other times. So let's get into the film. Lloyd, a lot of people online hate this. It's 3.8 on IMDb before it's even come out. Let's talk about it. For me last week, I said uh, the film would be good if the villain was consistent and uh, won me over with his plan or the, the, the plot, basically. Because for me, the, uh, the comedy and the, the women from SNL were, could go either way. But for me, I was looking for a cohesive plot. And I had real trouble with the character Rowan, who plays the bellhop in the hotel. Oh, played um, by Neil Casey? Yeah, that's the one. He, um, he kind of ruined this a bit for me because he was the kind of two-dimensional bad guy that said his plan out loud as he looked in the mirror. And uh, that bothered me. You know, very handy for exposition that he would spell out his plan for the audience and then... Yeah, uh, it put me really on the back foot. Um, the worst thing about this film for me, though, and there were good things, I will point that out. The worst thing for me is that most of the film is in the trailers and the TV spots, including the fight scenes at the end, because really that's all the trailer fodder, all the times they're fighting with each, using the new tools, you know, the proton punch and so forth. But even the creature that uh, Rowan becomes post-death is the giant Ghostbusters symbol, which is in the trailer as well. And I think there's even some shots of the ghost getting hit in the crotch, which is kind of part of how they beat the ghost. So I felt there was far too much that I knew and I was waiting for and anticipating as the film went on. Um, what about you? 
I, I thought a lot of the designs of the ghosts looked absolutely fantastic. Like 2016 CGI-heavy movies is really showcased um, in this movie, and I think people who are lucky enough to go watch this in 3D will get a really interesting um, experience, especially with the climactic battle sequence. And there are some really like there was uh, there's some interesting blend of sheer un, um not I don't want to say sheer horror but very um like uh, scary situations which is what I really love about the original Ghostbusters I do think there are some genuinely scary scenes mixed in with the humor and I think they succeeded in fragments um in this movie in particular I think the best scene was the mannequin scene where the mannequin comes alive and starts wa um walking uh you know towards them behind I, th I thought that was really cool and I but then once the ghost bursted out of the mannequin and then it's that whole stage climax like a a metal or punk show is on and they're fighting the ghosts. I thought that was a really bad set piece. Like, really, a lot of the comedy there, like, despite my audience, like, really cheering and, like, when uh, Chris Hemsworth came on, everyone was clapping, going whistling and all that, and they were laughing at every line he said. The, after that um, metal scene where they catch a, capture the ghost, like, a lot of the comedy was falling flat. I, I don't think Paul... I haven't seen any of Paul Feig's movies, but uh, just from this example of Ghostbusters, I don't think he's a good action director at all. I, I think he really missed... Um, made a lot of misses in this movie. It was, like, 3% hits and then 97% misses for me in regards to the comedy. And I really like this team. Uh, I like... Um, uh, Kate McKinnon, I like Leslie Jones, I like, um, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, Melissa McCarthy. I think they're an interesting team, uh, really funny, but um, I just think there's so many structural problems throughout this whole movie. Yeah, I did feel like there were huge plot holes and things we didn't really focus on. <laughs> when uh, Bill Murray dies, he gets killed by a ghost, they just um, glaze over that whole situation. Yeah. Like yeah, he, he dies, doesn't he? Like, did I misinterpret that scene? No, he's dead. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a terrible way to write out the character he was he was acting as. And why wouldn't you just have Bill Murray as a ghost doing a cameo? When the villain kills himself, like he goes, oh, you know, and, and he he electrocutes himself to become a ghost to possess Chris Hemsworth. Oh, geez, the possession really pissed me off when he when he possesses Melissa McCarthy. I know, as you said, it was all in the trailer, but it's even worse in the movie. Like anticipating it, I'm like, maybe they cut out that whole possession scene because it was pretty dumb. And then when it came on, I'm like, oh, why didn't they when they met him, the villain? Why didn't he just? unleash all the ghosts there then we could have skipped out that whole possession scene was it just so that he could become a ghost of the undead he had to be dead as well yeah but i mean i feel like he could have died like he could have killed himself anyway in that scene as he releases them it made no difference like it didn't matter that they were there because possession's a strong point in all ghost movies you know from um exorcist i know that's more of a demon but movie if there's you know the subgenres in in horror and all that but in particular of course ghostbusters we had um the sigourney weaver and er eric morales uh Mor morana sorry um uh possessed by ghosts uh but it took a lot of rick, time rick moranis rick moranis oh my gosh <laughs> um possessed by ghosts and but that took a lot of time like goza you know obviously worked that whole building and eventually got them it took a lot of time this ghost seems so powerful that uh neil casey plays that he can just go bam into 
Melissa McCarthy, that doesn't work, bam, go straight into Chris Hemsworth. And I'm just thinking, why doesn't he do that, like, all the time? Like, he's the most invincible ghost. This he is was like, super powerful, yeah. Yeah, it's like the fallen in uh, Denzel Washington, if I'm remembering the name correctly, where the whole movie is built up to try and stop this demon that can possess people, and in the end it just goes into a cat, and it's just like, well, what's the point? This, this ghost is invincible. I just watched two hours of a movie where the heroes didn't really stand a chance. That's right. The thing is, at the end, when he's possessing Kevin, who's Chris Hemsworth, uh, Kevin, Chris Hemsworth, is making all of the military dance. And that is really, like, layered through the credits as well, annoyingly. But he's making everybody dance and he can take control of a huge horde of people, possessing them all at once. I don't understand why he didn't also take control of the four Ghostbusters. I thought all those, um, yeah, that's 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 exactly right. Like, why did he send all those minions after them to stop him? Just like, can't you just possess them now? And yeah. another thing with that climactic battle sequence, what is the point of the protein pack? Proton protein packs. What's the point of the proton packs? Like, they seem so pointless. The 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 other weapons that Kate McKinnon invented seem so much better. Like, why not all arm themselves with those guns? Like, it just seemed like an advertisement to sell toys, yet they abandoned all those weapons that she made, and clearly it's a huge advantage just for the proton packs. You know, in the end, they just used the proton packs. It's just like, this is... You introduce these weapons that are so much more powerful, why not just stick with that? Like, that was just so all over the place. And the issue, too, is that with those guns, they can only contain ghosts, and with these new proton punch and stuff like that... They can kill them. Yeah, so what's the point of containing and capturing them? Yeah. and They're, they're just exploding, weren't they? I interpreted that correctly, yeah? Yeah, like, I think so. And, I mean, they sort of had pieces that they were walking through of them, on, you know, all over the floor, or the ground rather than the street. You said about the soldiers all standing there possessed and they're standing there like statues in a 70s um, disco, disco sort move, of... Di- yeah. yeah, disco move. I thought they all died when the big ghost appeared and the whole building crumbled. When uh, Neil Casey turns into the the ghost symbol, becomes really big, which I thought was a cool design. And then he breaks the whole building, steps forward and starts breaking other buildings uh, in pursuit of the Ghostbusters. I thought he stepped on all the military people. And then when it cuts, like when everything, they save the day and everything, it cuts back, they're all just asleep going, oh, what happened? You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you guys serious? This is so lazy. How... I, 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 Paul Feig seems to get a lot of um, uh, praise, but just from this example, all I see is very, very lazy direction, like just all over the place. Let's cut past the action. I know it doesn't make sense, but trust me, we'll make up for it with the funny lines. No, you, you lost me the moment the action begins. Like this is, just doesn't make any sense. And it had a really good opening with the ghost in the chamber in the house. Like, a yeah, that was fantastic. Well, you they, know? Cop, they cop out as well because the tour guide... Um, it doesn't die. <laughs> he doesn't die. He runs into the basement, which is moronic. And then he's like, oh, you idiot, Cal. Oh, yeah. He was funny. I love, I love his sneaky uh, deliveries. You had to pay attention at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, he, that was fantastic. Um, but the fact that he doesn't die is a huge cop out. And it made the, the whole film very PG. Everything about it was very PG. Oh, like the whole it was for world kids. seemed really goofy as well. Like, 
all the men in this movie just seemed either douchebags, idiots. You, you know what I mean? Like, in the, I, I'm, I'm, I promised myself I wasn't going to do this throughout this podcast, but I just have to bring <laughs> it up here. But in the original Ghostbusters, the world seemed real. Like every character you bump on the street seemed like a character that existed in the um, in New York in, at that time in the early '80s. They all seem real. The way they react and everything like that. In particular, and they got great actors here, but Andy Garcia, when they meet the mayor, that whole subplot is just so stupid. Like, Andy Garcia is this crazy, like, he's funny. Like, I did laugh at his lines, but I miss the mayor. And you can't help, uh, I miss the mayor in the original Ghostbusters. He just seemed so, he seemed to deal with situations in a more real tone. And I can't help but keep thinking of the originals because they pack it with cameos all throughout, constantly winking. Hey, remember this guy? remember him? Ernie Hudson, he's coming. Sigourney Weaver, stay, stay, stay for the credits. Sigourney Weaver, you still haven't seen her. We've got to check her off the checklist. And if you constantly wink to me about the original Ghostbusters, then I'm constantly going to be comparing this movie to the original. It just, I know. When it, in fact, it's like a different world because, I mean, though the trailers first acknowledged 30 years ago, you know, four men saved New York or whatever, and then the second trailers and third whatever spots then they no longer acknowledge it. They changed their entire marketing plan. Every interview I've seen with Paul Feig, the director, has him saying the same thing now, which is he's really like downgraded everything. And now the simple message is go to the film, have some fun. It's escapism for two hours. Like, very basically, you'll probably enjoy yourself. That's a great parachute to pull. Hey, it's supposed to be a fun movie, parachute pull. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 That's not a good excuse for me. If there's moments that take me out of the movie, how is that escapism? Hmm. I can't tell you. Um. <laughs> I'm not angry. Like, I, I like this team. I think the team is great. I just think there's structural flaws in this movie. There are plot holes everywhere. And I was just constant. I was just not having a good time. The moment this film lost it for me permanently, and I was forgiving a lot of the errors, but when Slimer, at the point when Slimer takes control of the vehicle and starts driving around with it, and she's got a Slimer girlfriend, I was yeah. like, okay, we're in La La Land now. Okay, I get it. This is... <laughs> fine, whatever, I don't care. And there's this whole nod after that to there's going to be a third one. They got the whole city, you know, and that I, I just wasn't, one, yeah, yeah. I wasn't jumping on board. <laughs> For me, these cameos and nods to the original were also shoehorned in. I didn't like how they had a stay puffed float. That felt very forced. And the fact that they pushed Slimer into that scene is forced. And all of the cameos, you know, the only one I think I enjoyed was Dan Aykroyd's. Yeah, he was good. He's always good, though. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked I didn't like Bill Murray's um, yeah. cameo at all. I didn't find him funny. I was just waiting, oh, here he comes, here he comes, you know, they build him up, it's going to be awesome, and then he just dies. I'm like, oh, that's, that's not a good send-off. Well, the thing is, you can either kill him off in that scene or keep him going, and you've only got Bill Murray for five days or whatever you've got him no, for. There's no way. He, it would have been like Harrison Ford in Star Wars, just like, no, nah, I'm not doing another one. You kill me off in this one. I'll, I'll agree to do it if you just kill me off. Yeah, well, he was not a fun character. There was nothing particularly uh, memorable about his character. Um, it was a very disappointing cameo. I really thought that at least one of the original Ghostbusters would be a ghost in this. I think that was supposed to be a Harold Ramey or Ramus uh, statue bust. Yeah, in the I heard that, yeah. It kind of looked a bit like Rick Moranis as well, so I wasn't 100%. For me, the sequence, and I, you know, I don't know if I would have been thinking this 
necessarily if they were men, I don't know, but probably. In the scene where they're testing all the equipment and they keep talking about how things are nuclear and, you know, don't get too close to that and don't lick that. And I kept thinking like, you know, anybody handling all of these guns and things, you know, they're all going to be infertile and have like, you know, radiation poisoning and stuff. <laughs> I, I thought there were serious like health risks to what they were doing. And I guess I didn't think that about the first film. <laughs> Who was your favourite uh, character? I mean, Kate McKinnon steals the show. I yeah, don't think there's same. a question. I, I, I liked her. I, I, again, I liked all of them, but if I had to pick one, yeah, Kate McKinnon. Even though many of her good jokes were butchered into the um, trailer, uh, trailer, yeah, <laughs> like testing the nuclear laser going whomp, whomp, you know, even that stuff. To be honest, if you'd done a trailer for this and you'd showed very little of the film... And maybe you didn't know what part Chris Hemsworth played. He had so many great lines that I think you would have enjoyed the film, not knowing that he was even in it. Did Chris Hemsworth land for you? Because maybe it was just because my crowd was just so overreacting. They were fawning over him and everything like that. And I really like Chris Hemsworth. Go back and listen to our our Black Hat podcast. I go on and on about him. But yeah, for me, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I felt insulted by his character, but the moment he got possessed, I just didn't like his character. Well, I mean, then he's the villain but I, yeah. I can understand that for me the best joke of the film was during the interview when he asks if i can i bring in my cat and they say oh no i'm allergic to cats and he says oh it's it's a dog i have a dog and then he says the dog is called mike hat <laughs> his name is michael hat <laughs> michael hat yeah um for me that was that's the joke that landed best but my audience still really enjoyed the dumb stuff from the trailer. So maybe they never saw it. Uh, back to Kate McKinnon just for a sec. I love the detail in her fi- in her performance physically, like just the way she sits on a chair with her feet up, the way she holds weapons. She did a great job really relaxing into the role and playing that really cool sort of scientist. I think a lot of people are going to be rooting for her, for her if they go in enjoying this movie. Um, I thought... Leslie Jones from the trailer looked the most annoying, like they were going to exploit that um, African-American sense of humour. I thought she did a good job in this. She, she was, I thought she was pretty solid um, throughout the whole movie. Again, that scene, that heavy metal scene or that punk scene where they um, ch- chase down the ghost, they fight the ghost, sorry, and the ghost is on his shoulders. I thought that was pretty weak. <laughs> the whole sequence where she's about to be chased by the mannequin and that That's ghost, my favourite part, yeah. Yeah, the ghost and the mannequin were both in the trailer, as mentioned. Um, Patty, her character, she's walking down the hallway and she's saying, why did I do this? I had a good job at the MTA, which is, you know, the motor transport or metro, whatever. And she's having these huge regrets, but her speech seems really wrong for her character because she's shoehorned herself into this situation. She's done nothing but say, I want to join your club. I want to be part of the team. She's seen what they're dealing with. She knows this is about ghosts. And then for her in that scene to be saying, why did I do this? Oh, you know, I was just like, I don't believe this at all because then even after that sequence, she's back on board. That's a really good point. I guess in defence of that scene is just that it's so scary she's immediately regretting the situation. Not to quote Anchorman. Yes, uh, that's very Anchorman-esque. Um, <laughs> what do you think when, of Kristen Wiig? I like Kristen Wiig. Like, um, I think she's probably the most... Um, relatable of the four you know uh she's our way into the film she's the um person trying to get tenure you know she's the one 
you're rooting for to do well in the film. So, I mean, she's very funny in Bridesmaids, uh, among other things. And My favourite part with her when she's going, it's happening, and then she's listening to the rumbles and Andy Garcia looks out the window and then there's a, um, a garbage... They're pushing a skip. Yeah, they're pushing yeah. a skip in. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to just finish on that uh, rock and roll scene. I don't know if that was a real band, um, but Ozzy Osbourne's in that scene and he says, Sharon, you know, I think I'm having flashbacks or something. I'm pretty sure they broke up. So, like, I'm not sure that works anymore, that line. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong. How about the scene where Kristen Wiig is trying to enter the um, restaurant? It sort of um, reminds me of the first film where... um uh, he's trying to get into the restaurant. You help me, you know. And he's, he's sort of, and she can't. And she's trying to open all the windows. And she goes, "Oh, she thinks they're sliding doors." And she's a scientist. That's quite embarrassing. I love that that sense of humor. Just little fragments you have to listen out for. Like they don't actually cut to it. Here's the funny line. You just hear it sort of off camera. Oh, that was great. Cecily Strong in that sequence. Um, she's the mayor's assistant, and uh, she's hilarious on SNL. And I can't believe they didn't make her one of the four Ghostbusters because she plays this character on SNL called the girl you wish you didn't sit next to at a party, and it it's one of the funniest things on SNL if you ask me. She was. Um, I don't know anything about it, but she was fantastic in this. Yeah, we'll give it a Google after this. What but, about the um, other SNL character? Um, oh no, sorry, he's in Mad TV, but he's the guy that screams. He's, he owns obviously the place um, where the where they're attacking the heavy metal go, uh, ghost. Uh, mm-hmm. That's I didn't know what he was from. Oh, MTV, he's from Mad so. TV. He's been Mad he, TV. I, I can't. I, he he was also in Austin Powers when they're rolling with the steamroller. Okay. And, and he's going stop, and he's got ages to pull away. I think that's him getting run over. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, uh, but he's he's definitely in Austin Powers. Yeah, he was great when he screams. You know, I I, I couldn't stop laughing at that sequence. <laughs> Did you like how? They seem to address the women in the film kind of situation. They had them, you know, directly listen to the trolls on the internet and sort of respond with their own criticisms. I thought that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. so that was a reference. Okay, that's interesting. As well, the, Melissa McCarthy has this line where she says, who cares what everyone else is saying? We know what we're doing, which I thought was directly like just speaking to, you know, what they were doing with the film. And as well, um, when Andy Garcia and Cecily Strong, they sort of say, knock it off, ladies, let the men handle it in a way. And they sort of point to the two, uh, you know, government agents. Was that the guy from The Wire? Yes, that's right. Um, oh, what did Stringer he play? Bell? No, no, he plays the best character. Oh, my gosh, it's Obama's favourite character. He plays the hitman killing the um, bad guys. Omar. Omar's Omar, coming. Omar. <laughs> How can I forget? Yeah, so they sort of sort of say, you know, uh, knock it off, ladies. The men will handle this. And then, you know, paint them as frauds, as they do. But as well, like the men, as you say, in this film are oafs. And Chris Hemsworth is the ultimate kind of oaf. But they even shoot the male ghost in the crotch at the end, as I said. So it's sort of a big attack. I don't know if it's all addressing the criticism of the film uh, or the online hate, but... Um, it's interesting because, I mean, you sort of want to make a film that appeals to men and women, I would think. Otherwise, you're halving your audience. Do you think this will um, start a franchise? You will see a Ghostbusters 2 and 3? I'm going to say yes. I think this will have a curiosity factor that will that will make it you know, popular enough that it will warrant a sequel. I'm guessing all four ladies have signed on for a, like a three-picture deal in the event that this was a big hit. I think you'll probably see a different director for the second one. 
just because of the amount of hate and everything, I think somebody else will want to take the, the reins. Oh, because he's just mentally exhausted? I think you would be, wouldn't you? I think we'll see a different director. I think we'll probably see a more expensive plot, but there will be no cameos from any of the originals in the next film. Um, it has to be its own movie. It has to stand on its own. I really thought, you know, the way they're rebooting it, giving them the, you know, unflattering overalls and the car and, you know, setting them all up to be just like the original, that took a good hour of the film, you know, and it's a two-hour movie. So then the fact that the the third act is all in the trailer where they're fighting all the ghosts, that was the only way you could do it because there's not really much other footage of them being Ghostbusters. Wasn't it crazy when she gets that book, like her book from the villain uh, um, Neil Casey, and she's going through the book and she sees all the drawings, just really spelling out the villain, what his plans are. It's just like, wow, how convenient you found the book with all his plans written down. D- don't you reckon that scene where they're, they're, they're all talking, I think um, they're having pizza, they're celebrating, they all start talking about their past, and Kristen Wiig talks about how she saw a ghost um, when she was really young, and the ghost watched her, Every every night for when she year. went to bed, yeah. yeah, for like a year, wasn't that terrifying? I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of that moment. Like, like that, that's the thing. This movie has fragments where it did really well. It zeroed in on on some things that uh, that are really good. Like, you can take the strengths of the supernatural subgenre and put it into a comedy, which I think the original did extraordinarily well. Um, and and th- there are moments in this movie where it did capture that. And I, I think. In my opinion, that is one of the moments. And that was all delivered in just dialogue. No special effects or anything like that. Just them talking over dinner. When all the ghosts were released, would you have liked to have seen some closure? Maybe have her see that same woman again? No. Okay. <laughs> I think that one moment was really strong and it really stayed with me. I just, I guess um, I just want more of those moments. Um, I thought the design of the um, the jail ghost, the ghost that it, obviously he was a a person from the jail and got electrocuted and he's haunting the subway station. There were some interesting designs to him and um, uh, I really liked the ghost at the beginning, the girl. I thought she looked really cool. I had no real problem with the designs. When there were lots of ghosts, though, and, you know, they've only got so much time to do special effects, but it looked sort of Scooby-Doo-esque. And <laughs> it did look Scooby-Doo-esque. That's a good comparison. Yeah, and sort of, I don't know, uh, not as finished as those earlier ghosts you mentioned. You know when um, they're fighting... Um the main ghost at the end in that hotel and all the army men are standing outside in a disco pose and she go, he goes, what form should I take? And you hear him popping things. Like, you just hear his voice coming in and out. That was, wasn't that awful, that scene? Just really dumb. And all the lines in that moment, that climactic battle just really lost me. I do like it, though, when they finally reverse the door um, they, they blow up their, the Ghostbusters um, car with Slimer in it to reverse the door and then um, Kristen Wiig jumps in to save Melissa McCarthy when they come out, their hair is all grey. Just the effects of going into the other world. That's some interesting um, ideas there. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with that. The, the white hair was a nice nod, but didn't they explode a nuke? <laughs> so if then they dove, dove in after it... It was like Pacific Rim, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't decide if they should be dead or not. Anyway, when that whole what form should I take happened, uh, you know, that's like a nod to the original, you know, what form, and it's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Yeah, but he pretty much, when he takes that kind of cartoony version of the Ghostbusters logo, I was like, oh, what's this? Casper the Ghost kind of special (laughs) effects. We've gone Roger Rabbit. (laughs) 
Yeah, I wasn't feeling that. No, no offense <laughs> to Roger Rabbit, but it went into that sort of two-dimensional imagery. Yeah. Would you have liked to have seen some closure to her crush on Chris Hemsworth's character? I guess that's just going to be a running joke they want to do throughout the whole trilogy and maybe build up a relationship finally. I'm not, I'm not too sure where the direction is on that. It was so flimsy written, I didn't care too much for it. What about you? I kind of think uh, he probably could not come back for the next film, you know. Uh, so you don't want to sort of have them end up together. Also, intellectually, they're not a match, so it would be better if they introduced some male scientist or another female scientist, if she's that way inclined, and then they could have, you know, more of a level-headed love interest or, or something. From the reaction on my crowd, if they get heaps of people with that mentality, they're going to make a lot of money um, on this movie and definitely make a franchise um, out of it. As for me, um, I, I didn't enjoy it uh, at all and I, I don't think I'd look forward to watching a sequel to this film. At the end of this movie, the lights all light up in New York and everybody's arranged for it to say We Heart GB and Ghostbusters and stuff. That, for me, was hitting us over the head and saying, you loved it, didn't you? You loved it, New York loved it, and if you don't love it, you don't love New York. And I, I just didn't know that that was the right final shot of the film. But luckily we were treated to the entire credits sequence, which featured stuff from the movie. Hey. Yeah, and we also saw that's that's when we saw Sigourney Weaver play a cameo as well, uh, which I was waiting for because I'm actually a huge fan of Sigourney Weaver. I love Aliens. I loved her character in Ghostbusters. So seeing her in this movie was really good. And it was great seeing Ernie Hudson um, in the film uh, at the end. Like he's Winston is actually one of my favourite characters in the original Ghostbusters, and I love Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Uh, you know, my favourite favorite line is um i've seen shit that'll turn you white <laughs> and then their hair turned white in this one so it all worked out <laughs> did you stay for the post credits i didn't stay for the post credits no i stayed up until when the ghostbusters logo came up and then the main credits started rolling is that the post uh at the end of the credits there was a short sequence and um actually one of the shots of that made it into the trailer so don't worry it's in there and it has uh, Leslie Jones's character listening to, uh, you know, the tape as if they've recorded some electromagnetic noise. And she says, hey, you guys, what's Zool? Which is a reference to the first Ghostbusters film. So if they do a sequel, if and when, they'll uh, maybe tread some more familiar Ghostbuster ground. I, th I thought we were going to get into trouble um, in this movie the moment it opened with a, like a fart joke. What yeah. they did on Kristen Wiig, that's when I went, okay, alarm bells were starting to ring, uh, like starting to tremor then and there. And it wasn't all, it wasn't a downhill hill slide. Definitely there were other laughs and moments that really um, got me um, going again, but it's the plot holes that, that lost me in this film. I mean, they mentioned the tour guide pooped his pants. Oh, yeah, uh, they kept pushing that a on. bit, yeah. And as well, they have her just slip over in the slime a few too many times. Oh, and they had um, uh, Chris Hemsworth um, uh, just fumbling around too many times, which was like his other jokes seemed pretty strong. And then to retreat to just a basic slapstick um, uh, running joke all the time where he's just tripping over the door, I thought that was really weak. I mean, the wonton soup joke was okay. That was fine. Like, running gags are great. I would have enjoyed hearing at the end that their book was now a bestseller. Um, maybe tie up that loose end. Apparently the book is actually available on Amazon, so 
people can get it and read it and it's by the fictional characters that are in Ghostbusters. I thought it was kind of uneven and I kind of wished at times that it was the same universe as the original Ghostbusters. You know, that it wasn't sort of a complete reboot. I, I completely mean, agree. Why bring back all those people if you're not going to have them play the characters we love, you know? But I suppose they're all collecting their paychecks and they're all endorsing the film because they're all set to make some money. I mean, I noticed Dan Aykroyd's name was executive producer in the credits. So. I, apparently he's been wanting to franchise this movie for a very long time. Yeah. Well, that's really what this smelled of. To be honest, this felt like an opportunity to sell toys and to sell uh, boxes of slime that they've had in a warehouse for years. <laughs> Well, it's early days yet. Uh, we don't know if the hate is really going to absolutely destroy this film. I don't think it will. I think it'll make its money back over time. I think they'll get enough people to watch it. And, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that this isn't a good movie. Um, you know, just uh, I, lo I love the original Ghostbusters and I wanted to see the same spirit of the original uh, manifested in um, the modern stars of today. And I didn't care if they were all-female cast. Um, I just wanted a fun movie. Agreed. And um, for me, the thing that's worst is that everything is in the trailer, as expected, the funniest stuff in the trailer. Yeah, and that's I a agree, problem yeah. with lots of movies. You yeah, know? no, absolutely. The, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. And then you feel like you didn't get value for money because there wasn't enough sort of fresh content and you saw twists and turns coming. So Just with I feel Paul like a lot Feig, of people... It, what, what would you recommend for me to watch? I, I've, I haven't seen any of his movies and this wasn't a good representation for him. Like, I, just, Sorry, just from the, watching this movie, I, I don't think he's that good. Paul Feig um, has worked quite a bit with Melissa McCarthy. Um, Bridesmaids was a real breakout hit. It is a good example of... Um, women using kind of gross out humor and very effectively you know this film had vomit for example you know this ghost vomit that film is diarrhea you know like it 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 takes things to the next level the heat with uh, melissa mccarthy and sandra bullock is a bit hit and miss but spy with melissa mccarthy is hilarious and jason statham is a real surprise in that film and that is actually a great mix of comedy and action so that is like probably the best audition for what Ghostbusters could have been. I see they're making The Heat too, so um, another chance for redemption there. But um, for me, Bridesmaids for the comedy and probably Spy for his uh, action resume, Lloyd. Well said, Dave. I'll definitely check them two out. Well, unpod me if you can next time, guys. Um, we'll probably have a video next week before August, and then August will be completely dedicated to an Australian actress named Margot Robbie. You might have heard of her. She'll be playing Harlequin in uh, Suicide Squad. So the entire month of August, we'll be focusing on her films, past and present, and I suppose future, if you count Suicide Squad and you're listening to this before it's come out. But we will delve deep into her... Um, her filmography and we will get some real gems for you across the month of august and you can find all of that at www.podmeifyoucan.com and you can subscribe to us here on the youtube channel as well you can find a link there if you're not already listening to this on youtube thanks very much and if you check out ghostbusters you know we we'll hope you've enjoyed it and uh you're amongst the <laughs> kind of audience Lloyd had. Hey, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, um, if you had watched this with uh, the audience I had, you would have been revved up going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had a lot of fun. The crowd I saw this with definitely got their money's worth. And remember, it's 2040 and our president is a plant. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh.
Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod Me If You Can. Movie Reviews. 